This is the All Markets Summit podcast from Yahoo Finance. Welcome back to the Yahoo Finance All Markets Summit Generational Opportunities. Joining us now, Alexis Christophorus with author and entrepreneur Bethany Frankel. Bethany, it's great to have you here at Yahoo Finance. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming. We're just two Queens girls shooting the breeze here this afternoon. I want to jump right in because your latest business venture is making television shows with your buddy Mark Burnett, yes. you know from Shark Tank and The Apprentice Martha Stewart, exactly. and MGM. And I know everybody wants to know where are you in this process and what can we expect? What kind of programming? Um, we kind of hit the ground running, and I have never, ever had a partner that thinks exactly the way that I do, like MGM Television. They just, I said to them in the beginning, I'm going to need a point person because I'm going to tor torture you. I mean, meaning I'm on the phone all day with different ideas for television shows, and they're amazing executors. So it's an incredible partnership. We, I went right out to LA, and we met with probably 10 networks and streamers, and we sold two shows. I mean, we're in contract on two shows, and two others that are in development where the network said, okay, we want to do this with you. What, what, what can you think of? Like, what idea would you like to do around this space? And most of the shows are around uh, women, business, some are around food, but mostly entrepre entrepreneurs and women, but not sort of not in a touchy-feely way, in sort of a hardcore way, if that makes any sense. Are they, is it unscripted television? It's unscripted television. One is, uh, one is a little bit more formatted and, and competition meets what they call docu-series. So you're seeing a little bit of my life and my business life, but then also a competition. And another one is about a group of uh, women. It's a, it's, a, it's a complete satire. It's really a comedy. And it's not me. So I'm producing So a you're lot in of, some of them. You're I'm not in, in others. I would rather be in fewer. So I'd like to be in things that I'm really passionate about and then do content about other areas. Where, where can we about. watch this? What, what service can we watch this on? Well, I can't say this yet because we're, we haven't signed the contract. I haven't signed the contract yet. But I will be able to let you know soon. OK, that's exciting stuff. It, yeah, exciting innovative companies that are sort of doing really disruptive, edgy things. So not really traditional. Let's, I'll just leave it at that. OK, OK, we're waiting. Um, so you announced a couple months ago that you're leaving Housewives. Um, yes. And that, that some fans were very disagreeable. 2.1 million Instagram followers. Some were very upset. Why was now the right time to make that decision? So I was, that morning, I thought I was possibly going to go back. And because a lot of you are interested in, in, in business and probably negotiate a, a decent amount, um, it wasn't about money. If I went back, it was about money, if that makes any sense. I just didn't, everyone, when, when I joined the, uh, the Housewives, everyone told me not to do it. And I went with my gut to do it. And when I, wanted, when I thought about leaving, everyone told me not to leave. And I went with my gut to leave. Uh, I just think that. Um, I'm trying to think about how I'm going to say this. Um, it's, I've never really made business decisions about money. When I sold my cocktail business uh, to Beam, everyone thought it was about the money. It was really more about 
the, the street cred and it was because my partner and I owned the Skinny Girl Intellectual Partner uh, property together and I wanted to extract that and I own all of the uh, Skinny Girl Intellectual property besides cocktails. I'm getting to the answer about the housewives. <laughs> um, and I did it for to, to extract the IP for the street cred and then also because this multi-billion dollar company would be marketing this, this brand that I owned most of. I'm no longer partners with Beam and Cocktails, so um, you know that that deal is done. But that was why I did that. So leaving the Housewives was because I think that I just didn't want to be at the party when my eyelashes were falling off at two o'clock in the morning. Not literally on the show, which is what that would happen also. <laughs> but I mean the metaphorical eyelash hanging off party. I just thought, you know, I like to leave when something for me is at its peak. Um, and I was talking to Bravo about many different things, and I just decided, let's roll. It's so time to go. What role did that show play in building the Skinny Girl brand for you? The show, um, well, it's funny, because the show was a great platform that I used. I mean, it wasn't like Bravo wanted to build the Skinny Girl brand. In fact, the Bethany Clause is the name of the clause that reality stars all have to sign in contracts. All Hollywood agents, entertainment agents, know about the Bethany Clause. It's the clause that, that means that if you sign on to a reality show, you have to sign that if you create a business and it's successful, you give a piece to the network. So nobody was happy about that. Like meaning, Shark Tank's different. Shark Tank doesn't care if I come on and plaster skinny girl everywhere. For some reason, they don't care. They just want their show to do well and they don't care if you get an A also. But most TV networks don't like that. So when I started off, and for years, I was building the Skinny Girl brand, but because it was a joke and my logo wasn't good at that time and I was going through struggles, it was something to showcase. When it became really successful, they didn't show it that much. If you've watched the last couple of years, you really didn't see that much about my denim line or you saw my philanthropy because that's something new. But you really, it became not a platform for me personally for business anymore um, because I had been successful at it. And I would say, I don't understand. So this person on my show has a fake business that's not real, but we're f focusing on that because that's more <laughs> funny. Right. But we're not focusing on my real business. So it really became one of the reasons to leave too is that it really wasn't for me a platform anymore. It was a platform for me, but to the same audience, you know? And do you, I, do you feel like the show was ever a liability for the brand? It was always a risk. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I went to go to visit Shark Tank and the producers, they said, well, you know, these are real business people on the show. I'm like, okay, well, as much as I may look like a circus clown, I consider myself <laughs> a real business person too. But, you know, I had, to, they, I had to push my way through and get on Shark Tank despite the housewives. So yeah. in many cases, things open up when I'm not on the housewives because I left for three years and so many things, so many calls do we get when I leave. So you have to make choices. Like It's like breaking up with someone when you're just in the relationship and it's sort of okay, but you just think when you jump, when you fly, you're going to fly. You can't, the easy decisions aren't the ones that really define you, you know? So it wasn't that easy to leave because I was being paid very, very well. And I like the comedy. I miss the comedic mm. out outlet. Is there any chance, any chance you might go back? I don't think so, no. I mean, I have, I already have so many shows that I'm already you're, going to you're, be in. You're doing it Yeah, like lot. I don't want to be on everyone's television everywhere. And that audience I already know. Right. I've already connected with that audience. I'd like to connect with a new audience in a different platform. So, you know, each time I do something different, you, you bring new people along the way. I mean, yeah. it used to be, you know, I, when I sold Skinny Girl, that's when I, I um, attracted a lot of business people, a lot of men. 
you know, I don't mean sexually, I mean business-wise, you know? <laughs> so you, you bring in, in business, like you don't want to, oh, it's like shampoo, you don't only want to wash your hair with the same shampoo for months, you switch it up and then your hair's like, oh, look at that, new shampoo. So that's the same thing with business. You can't just like do the same thing. You gotta jump and just say, let me have, you know, the guts to do it. I want your take on something we talk about here, which is the, the VC funding gap, in the sense that female-led startups get just a fraction of the seed money that male-led startups get. And you, as a female in the male-dominated alcohol industry, that's how Skinny Girl brand started, did you ever experience uh, challenges there as a woman? Listen, with Me Too and with this as such a conversation because of um, the pay difference and all these things. I'm not the person for this conversation because I've always been about female empowerment. I've never even seen gender. I don't see, I don't see race, I don't see religion, I don't see gender. I, that I doesn't even occur to me. Just go in and be the best and get the money. Like Did I don't ever even think like that. Was it challenging for you to no, get the money? No, because I no, because I have amazing ideas and I'm execute and I'm honest and I'm straightforward and I'm cutthroat and I don't think about that. If, it's like I always say Michael Phelps, he gets to that wall because he's not looking what's going on to the right or the left. I'm just not the one that's going to be complaining about woe is me. I mean, listen, I've gotten restaurant tables before a man because I have breasts. I'm sure of it. So I'm just saying that, you know, for me, I don't mean that I've shown them to get the restaurant table. <laughs> I just believe that I've walked up and said, hi, you know, and maybe a man, you know, uh, you know in a suit all yeah. buttoned up might not. I just am not that person that thinks about, I don't, I'm not the person for that. I, I, I employ women, I inspire women, I promote women, I am all about women, but I'm about telling women, just go get it, be better. Just have amazing ideas, execute. Most people don't work hard. Like most people don't really work hard. Most people move the papers around the desk, metaphorically also, and think they're working hard. Most people don't like work, I've found that. And the people that work really hard, it's not about taking an amazing Instagram post or how you know, connected you are, how good you look, or if you do, you know, have cleavage or if you're good looking. It's not about that, it's about working hard. People see it in other people. I want to get to so much with you that I want to do a, a mini lightning round. Okay? okay. So here it goes. Best business decision you ever made? Um, probably to do the to do the deal with uh, with with Beam, mm -hmm. and also probably to go on the Housewives. And keeping the licensing rights to Skinny Girl. Wait, that's true. That was a that keeping was a the sure licensing rights decision. to Skinny Girl. Yes, but if I hadn't, that was a that was the most lucrative thing because to sell something for such a big number and then keep nine slices out of a 10-piece pizza. Reportedly 100 million. It was, uh, it was, it was a very nice deal. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was really good. But I, I would have done something else if I didn't have the IP. You know, I don't, I don't look in the past. What do you believe is your greatest strength as an entrepreneur? My greatest strength as an entrepreneur is execution, being able to execute just it's not about the idea so many people have amazing ideas and so often do I hear well don't take that idea and don't tell anybody and I don't want I don't even think like that like most people I talk about Mark Zuckerberg I talk about the Winklevoss twins and that they said that they created Facebook whoever executed that idea was the person who was going to succeed 
at any idea. I mean, I've been, I took spinning classes 30 years ago, and then SoulCycle came in, and I, so my friend was like, no, it's like a spiritual experience. You feel yourself, you go on a journey. I go, no, <laughs> my ass was just glued to a seat. It's a spinning class, what are you talking about? It was like a different you know, branding of it, and years ago, Steve's ice cream was mashing that ice cream on that slab, and then they went out of business, and then Cold Stone Creamery came, and it's like, this is different, but it wasn't. It was just the execution, so I just believe that there could be 20 different things, and if you have an idea and you think it's a good one and you're an executor, you don't have to run away because someone else has done it, because someone else has done most things. If you got one do-over as a business person, what would you do over? I'm not a do-over person. I'm not a regret person. It's the same thing as before I was saying, I just don't think like that. I don't think, if something bad happens to me, I make it into a positive. If I get sick, I like drink organic juice and say it's supposed to be, I'm supposed to be healing. Like I'm just the person that doesn't wallow or complain about what I don't get. I just go get. That's a pretty healthy attitude. Yeah, no, it's a called a place of yes. I wrote a book called The Place of Yes. It's not about being in a good, good mood all the time because I'm certainly not in a good mood all the time. It's just about coming from a place of yes. Find the yes. I don't want to hear about the no. What do you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting your skinny girl brand? Oh, I'm so glad I knew nothing. I wouldn't have even done it. I had nothing. I was nothing. I knew nothing. It was the greatest thing in the world. What, if I knew anything, I, well, the first time I ever went to sign bottles in one of these mega liquor stores, kind of like a trend that I started, bottle signings, um, I literally, I got pregnant while I was launching this brand. I was like seven and a half months pregnant in a liquor store. Like, it's not the best look. <laughs> but I looked around and I saw all these bottles. I said, what the hell? Like, oh, other people are in the liquor business? Like, I would never have done it. <laughs> Ignorance was bliss. I thought I had a good idea. I had that Michael Phelps tunnel vision and I executed it. Okay, now as a guest shark on Shark Tank, um, you hear a lot of pitches, I'm sure both on and off the show. Mm -hmm. What does a business have to have, the one thing it has to have to get Bethany Frankel to jump in? The, someone great that's passionate about driving it. I mean, it's certainly not the idea, not the financials. I get into this all the time with the other sharks because Kevin is all about the money. And, I, and, and, and uh, Mark is about the category or the research and I'm about like, who are you? Because you could be a person that could work with me on other things. You may have one idea, but I might say, what about these seven other ideas? Are you, are you gonna be able to execute them? The person who can execute. Mm -hmm. You've said before uh, that you've had a, you had a difficult childhood. Um, not a lot of stabilization, there was some gambling. How did that shape your feelings, your relationship with money? Oh, I call it, um, in my book, also a place of yes, I call it a noise. So when I first uh, sold the cocktail portion. I remember I was in Dallas and I never really, I still really don't buy things retail. I'm always like, I, I have ex nice expensive things, some things, but I'm a, definitely like a, I don't wanna say bargain, I'm very frugal in that way, um, or sensible. And I went and I was in a shopping center and I, I had to call my like banker to ask him if I could buy this retail Louboutin purse. He's like, uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so I don't understand, as much as I'm decent with money, I don't understand money that much. I don't really ever understand how much, so, things really are. I don't mean like milk, I mean, am I allowed to do this? Can I do that? I have noise because I grew up in a gambling household, six cars in the driveway, then zero cars in the driveway. No furniture in the whole house but a card table. My bedroom was designed perfectly in Forest Hills where you grew up also. Me too. You know, so I had, <laughs> we moved 13 times. I had ups and downs and so I never really, you know, at the racetrack, I grew up going at the racetrack with two horse trainers for fathers, so, it was the highs and lows. You had people there that were um, Saudi princes owning horses and, and you know, 
the Firestones and the Whitneys and the Blue Bloods, and then you had grooms, and I was a hot walker walking the horses around. When they, you ever hear the expression, ridden hard and put away wet? It's usually about a woman who's worked a little too hard in the night and not been rested properly, but it's about horses. That's the real, that's. Thanks for clearing that. Jesus, people. <laughs> it's okay to laugh at Yahoo. Uh, so yes, I used to, when, if you don't walk a horse after it has its workout, it's like not a good thing. It's called ridden hard and put away wet. So in the morning, I would have to wash them and then walk them around the shed row for 30 minutes. Want to talk quickly about Skinny Girl. Your empire has grown. You've got food, beverage, you've got uh, health, uh, beauty care, hair care, and now the jeans, the, the clothing. Would you sell the business? I would. I, th I might, yeah. I would. It's not like it was passed down. If it was the right deal, you would sell it. Yeah, not because um, I'm not like starving, you know, to, 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 to take over the world or anything. I'm an idea person. I execute ideas. I love ideas, and so I'm constantly working on new ideas for shows, for products, etc. cetera. Um, but it's always about the right time. I, I'm sure I'd stay in. It depends upon the right partner, you know? I think I would. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of am a person that looks at the whole board, but I also am working the pieces. So um, as much as I have a grand plan, I, I kind of also wing it as I go. If that may, I know that's surprising to people, but it would be just about family time and my daughter and just, it's very hard to just spend all your time when you're with your child and then like scramble to get all the work in when you're not. You know, my daughter's at school now so I can like come here and be with you. And so to, I've been trying to take a little more pressure off in that regard. So yeah, Bryn, I mean, nine, you're nine, never going to get Bryn. more time with your kids. Like no. you, you, you will get more time to work and you, you know, that's not coming back. So there's a million things that you can do again and you're more opportunities, but spending time with your kids is, not, is something you cannot get back. So we found we have a lot in common, right? We're both from Queens, we both have nine-year-old daughters, we both have birthdays coming up in a couple of weeks, and next year, not to move things along too quickly, we're both gonna turn 50. Well, no, we're not, but thanks for rushing that. <laughs> Maybe you are. Um, what are your thoughts on um, turning that I'm milestone 49. birthday? Um, my thoughts of turning 49 <laughs> in a very short period of Eternally time. Eternally 49. Oh, no, I'm literally turning 49. No, so am I. Oh. But in 2020. Oh, well, I'm going to turn 90 one day, too. Let's talk about <laughs> that <on>. also. <laughs> so my thoughts about uh, my 90th birthday are... Um, I am turning, when I turn 50, you're the only person I've ever met to like rush this. I, I, it's on my mind, apparently. You're gonna turn 70. <laughs> Wanna talk about it today? It's a good time for that. So yes, I'm gonna we turn 50, months. and I'm okay. so glad you invited me here today to discuss it. Um, I don't care, you know, I have a younger boyfriend, so that's annoying. Just that like, I, he's, I'm gonna take him to some lab, like instead of cloning, where I can like get him to be 52, and then I'll feel better. There you go. You know what I mean? Like just because misery loves company, so that's one thing I'm not gonna, because it's gonna be glaring my age, and then he's like six years younger. So it's gonna be like, oh yeah, you're 44, you're adorable. You know what I mean? So that, the little anger, Probably okay. therapy about that, and then I don't know. I'm not. I don't live for my birthday either way, um, so I don't love to make a big deal out of it or I, I whatever. Maybe I'll do something. I don't know. You know what? I'll be thinking you, of you. You made that's me feel sure. better. About yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't care about age at all. I don't think about age. I'm not overly vain. I'm not like you know needling myself with everything. I'm not like that. I just don't think about it. I feel, you know, when I used to be single, I'd be in bars and I'd look at like these cute guys and I'd be like, oh right, like he's. I'm not that age, because we still have the same set of eyes. I mean, they're not as, they don't work as well, but you're out, you're looking, you're like, oh, right, I'm old now. They're young, so that's not gonna, 
match up. So I don't really see age either. I like that attitude. We're going to leave it there. Bethany okay. Frankel, thanks awesome. so much for being here with us Thank today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm waiting for you to get up, right?